0: Everybody, this is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great paying skilled trade positions. Call 334 209 6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening.
1: College football in general, you know, the, the opener is just a few weeks away, and I would expect to start seeing more headlines as quarterback controversies start to get resolved and you start to see people, you know, it, it appears, I don't know if there's been an announcement from Brian Kelly, it does seem like Jaden Daniels has won the job at LSU, and, and now folks will be paying attention to other uh, quarterback battles, especially ones in the SEC involving a returning member of the roster, sort of battling up against someone who got there via the transfer portal, including Auburn. We'll get to uh, we'll get to that and a whole lot more. And Bill Cameron will join us uh, with uh, with what he sees from practice later on uh, in the show. I, I don't know if he will call or come by in person. I, I think he's coming by in person, uh, but we will uh, uh, we'll find out as as we get uh, as you know we'll, we'll we'll all learn together what uh, what we decide to do with uh, with Bill Cameron later on. But he will have a report. From practice as the uh, the media gets uh, another window uh, to uh, to see a few minutes of the Auburn University team practicing first time the media' has gotten to see the practice uh, since uh, the scrimmage on saturday night, so yeah we'll uh, we 'll check in with uh, with Bill and get his report uh, from campus uh, in uh, in a few minutes uh, later on in the show in the meantime let 's get the business taken care of we are uh, we're happy to hear from you 334-321-1390 that's the Kia of Auburn Hotline Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. 321 1390 you can also text the show three three four five six four eighteen forty 564 1840 on the drive text box that's presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors I'm Dan Peck Drew is at the controls doing a great job as always our buddy Jacob uh, from on the line is hanging out uh, for a little while I wanted to ask Jacob uh, you know about a uh, his, his thoughts on on football to uh, uh to, to start the show as we uh, as we await a word from Bill and at four fifteen haven't mentioned this yet. Uh, in the next segment, we're going to talk with Auburn University women's soccer coach Karen Hoppe. So excited to talk with Coach Hoppa, uh, who is entering her twenty fourth season as the coach of the Auburn soccer team and a team that uh, uh, looking at, looking forward to a year with a lot of uh, a lot of possibilities for the team this year. We're going to talk with Coach Hoppe in the next segment about the upcoming uh, soccer season but in the meantime again love to hear from you 334-321-1390 3, 3, 3, 1, Jacob welcome in thanks for uh finding a few minutes for us yeah
2: the, of course no problem i mean i just got off the air so i just kind of stayed where i stayed right where i am i know so. I, I
1: feel i feel awful about pulling <laughs> pulling your uh pulling your coat right after two hours of, mm-hmm. of on the line no, I, get, uh, I get to see how hard you work on, on on that show we had a
2: great show today man we had a, a great show today so many callers talking about the quarterback battle and uh people are people are just as confused as we are just trying to figure out what in the world is going on with the quarterback battle at auburn right and i, and I understand you know there, there's there seem to be a
1: couple of, of storylines or a couple of themes that pop up when uh, when when Auburn quarter Auburn's quarterbacks get discussed. One of them is you know there's I think there's skepticism uh, from a large percentage of the fan base in TJ Finley and not not just. Uh, based on not not just the reports you're hearing about T.J. Finley now, but sort of you know there, there seem to be doubts that that T.J. Finley can improve enough uh, to be an effective quarterback for Auburn in 2022. I was uh, you know I, I was I, I shared a lot of the concerns that other people had you know d- during uh, you know from from what you saw for for much of last season from T.J. But at the same time, you know it's, it it. Could it could be a big off season for him? He could have improved, you know. And and I've been struck by, in our window of getting to see T.J., I've been struck by uh, how, uh, how how much sharper he seems to be from the last time uh, I got to see him up close a, a year ago when uh, I, when I when he was competing. And we were paying more attention to Bo Nix at the at the time last year. But I, I you know T.J. Had just gotten to campus and I, and I wanted to see. And he was you know it's. it's his um just the sheer size of, of tj finley is something that's striking when you when you first get to campus Well, you can't he, miss him when he's yeah. out there when you see quarterbacks working out and you want you notice you know one of them has you know tj's uh proportions <laughs> it's uh it, yeah. So but but yeah I, i've i've thought that tj looked sharper in the limited views that we've gotten to see in practice um and you know and, and I've thought, and, but I didn't think there was much separation between TJ and Zach. I thought Zach has looked good as well, you know, from, from what I can tell from the outside. There have been times where, you know, it does seem like it's a little bit easier for TJ to put distance on the ball than Zach. Uh, or, or or there would be times when, um, you know, a ball would, would seem to be coming out a little bit sharper or, or a little bit faster. And, and TJ's apparent advantage in arm strength would come through. But it's not like Zach Calzado was way behind in these situations. The... Uh, reports coming out of the scrimmage and Brian harson uh, even taking the podium at the scrimmage on Saturday, seem to indicate that at least for the moment, uh, T.J. Finley leads the quarterback battle. Uh, but the, but Zach Calzada and, for that matter, Robbie Ashford are players in this uh, in this thing. Where, where do you see uh, the quarterback battle at the moment, Jacob?
2: Well. You know, it's, it's understandable where people stand on TJ Finley because of how last year ended, right? That's something we've talked about, how the, the last couple of games in the Iron Bowl where Auburn could not score and could have won that game. Easily, if you just put up a couple of points in the bowl game as well, where it just, again, you just struggle to score the football. So I understand why people have that bad taste in their mouth about TJ Finley, but we've got to have the open mind of, well, maybe he has gotten better. Maybe he has improved under Brian Hartson. Something that uh, Carter and I were talking about on my show and on, on the line right before was we saw Bo Nix get a little bit better under Brian Hartson. Not a ton. Obviously, he got hurt, but we saw Bo Nix develop a little bit, so maybe... Just Maybe TJ Finley has developed as well, but I don't know if there's just a massive separation. I feel like some people are, are thinking that there is. But I think this thing is wide open. I still think it's either going to be Zach Calzada or TJ Finley. I'm still confident that it will be Zach Calzada. I think he gives Auburn the best chance to win just from throwing the football and his pocket presence from what we've seen, right? They, you know, you, you have last year's film with him at Texas A&M versus last year's film of TJ Finley with Auburn. I don't see Brian Harson putting Robbie Ashford in this situation. With so much riding on this season, Brian Hartson's job is literally at stake this season. I don't think you're going to put that into a rookie, and so I still think it's down between Calzada and TJ Finley. But I just don't know how much separation there is. None of us really do. If Ashford was, if Af- if Ashford was the best guy,
1: I, I think Brian Harson, despite the despite the the concern in you're taking the guy with with no experience as a college football quarterback over. Two candidates, mm-hmm. Finley and Calzada, both of whom who have started SEC conference games. Uh, you know, if, if Ashford were the best guy, I think they would they would go with him. I agree. I think the issue is he's he's maybe still sort of a project who's learning the finer points of the position, and, and it could eventually be Robbie Ashford, which
2: is totally understandable. I I would be I
1: would be surprised, and and I I think I've even said stunned on the show before if Robbie Ashford ended up taking the most snaps at quarterback for the team this year, unless. There was a rash of injuries, or something that really opened up the position for him. I just the thought of him beating out Calzada and TJ has always seemed a little bit surprising. You know that that's all that's always seemed like a less you know, less likely of, of the of the outcomes on the board. I came into fall camp thinking TJ was going to ultimately lose this competition to Zach Calzada, and Calzada would be named the starter sooner rather than later. I rethought that after a couple of days. You know, it seemed like TJ, and it wasn't just cosmetic. Oh, TJ looks uh, like he's in better shape. Although I think that's also true is that you know that was one of the things Bill and I noticed the first day we were out there. Is it seemed like TJ was, uh, you know, had had, you know, had had gotten himself in better physical condition than the last time the media had gotten to see him. Which I mean, even even dating back to the spring, uh, but uh, it, it's also that when you watch the team do at least in front of the media, the first team reps were not we're not becoming more and more Calzada only. It seemed like it was staying a a very even split and as multiple members of the media noticed, uh TJ Finley was the first guy up at these drills almost every single time the media got to see the quarterbacks leading up to that scrimmage. So, it does feel like a more real competition than maybe some people handicapped it as uh, throughout the off season. I'm I'm thinking we're going to see both
2: quarterbacks with the first team against Mercer. I'm not sure. That's sort of That's, something we were throwing around on yeah, my show was I, with the first two games being smaller opponents that you don't have to worry about, that gives you the option to play two possibly three quarterbacks if this thing is as close as they say it is. But
1: I would say that would almost I mean at least based on what we heard you know some of the, i mean Charlie Trotman is, is on the Max Round Table mm-hmm. which comes on before your show part of 7 hours by the way for folks who may not know ESPN 1067 7 hours of original programming uh, 7 consecutive hours mm-hmm. the lucky 7 uh, all all week long here on ESPN 1067 with uh with the Max Roundtable Table on the line and the drive and the uh, and Charlie Trotman uh, got got to see the uh, the scrimmage and based on his reports about uh, about both uh, both Robbie, well, actually, all three of them. Based on, but especially TJ and Calzada, it it does seem like Calzada to make an argument to get into the mix. To you know, if you're going to have multiple quarterbacks playing against Mercer, this Friday is a huge scrimmage for Zach Calzada to make huge. a statement. And for that matter, if there's separation and it means TJ has separated himself from the pack, and, and that's an important distinction too, because when Brian Harson said there was separation on Saturday night after the uh, after, after the the scrimmage. He didn't really specify who had separated themselves from what. We think he was talking about maybe one quarterback versus the other two, but it could be two quarterbacks versus the other one. You know, it's it's uh, you got to sort of parse. You know, what what exactly you got to you got to interpret it yourself. But uh, it also could be a you know this Friday scrimmage could also be a chance for T.J. Finley to make the argument that he is the best quarterback on the team at the moment and the guy most ready to lead the team going into the 2022 season, which would be a surprising outcome, but also not
2: all that far-fetched if he's the best guy throughout, throughout fall camp. If he's the best guy, then put him out there. And we're 18 days away from Auburn kicking off the season. Let me ask you this, Dan. In 18 days, if TJ Finley is the starter, and you know you really can't even say that because in that first game, we're talking about multiple quarterbacks playing, but let's say we get to the Penn State game, the first true game of the season and it is tj finley as qb1 he will be the starter right is it are you would you be more impressed by tj finley being better and winning the job or would you be more disappointed in zach calzada not performing and not winning the job
1: you know i would need to see how tj plays in those first two games because i would i would i would so in 2004 uh, it gets lost in the in the. And we we talked with Al Borges about this a couple of weeks ago. One of the things that gets lost in the uh, the story, the mythology of the Auburn 2004 season, is that Jason Campbell was embattled. People were not sold on Jason Campbell being the answer at quarterback, and there were a lot. I re- <clears throat> I remember. Bill's show. I remember that summer, there were a lot of Brandon Cox supporters who wanted the young guy to take over for Jason Campbell, who had already proved that he wasn't good enough to be a high level SEC quarterback. And th- there were, and, and if you remember, in the first game of the 2004 season, Brandon Cox is in early. I mean, an- early enough to make you think there's maybe a quarterback battle. Mm-hmm. We asked Al Borges about it, and he said he was never, uh, it was never in doubt. He was always going to go with Campbell. But there's, I mean there was it felt like there was something going on and you know the first two games of that season were against teams that were pretty overmatched and then LSU came to town and it was it was the chance for Auburn to show are you ready to fight a heavyweight uh, a championship level heavyweight or or is it uh, you know, get him next year, or figure out what you're doing at head coach, or or any of the other questions that you get when it turns out you're not ready for for prime time in that situation. And Jason Campbell played well in that game, throws the game winning touchdown, yep. and the sky is the limit from there. So I think it's, I think it's a similar situation for TJ where if TJ Finley were to win this job, if TJ Finley were to be your quarterback, and he played well in the first three games last year, doesn't matter, right? Like it's, I, I think it 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 washes away anything else you knew about T.J. Finley or anything from before. If he were to struggle in that window, maybe maybe he'd be on a shorter leash with the coach because there's other options. Maybe the fans would be vocal in their disappointment to see the Auburn offense struggle. Uh, but no, I think wh- whoever wins this job, T.J. is the one with history, so let's use T.J. For this. If T.J. were to win this job, success early, I, I think it... it- it cleans the slate, mm-hmm. like it gets, it oh, gets I agree the, yeah you know the, the disappointment at the end of last year. if season the bad parts from
2: off, last year have been fixed this year sure. then you're absolutely
1: right. last year doesn't matter It's just a matter of you know whether or not that can uh, you know it's, it's, it's a matter of who's going to win the job and, and how they can uh, and how they can respond to to that pressure we're going to talk with uh, with auburn uh, women 's soccer head coach Karen Hoppa in the next segment. Do not go anywhere uh, Bill, Bill Cameron going to check in from practice in just a few minutes as well It's Dan Peck. Holding things down in the uh, in the host chair, which is uh, an uncomfortable spot for me, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to I'll try to make it work. 334-321-1390, the number to call. We will be back with Auburn coach Karen Hoppa. Stick around. You're
3: listening to the Drive. Let's get back to the Drive.
1: We're efforting, Coach Hoppe. We'll We're getting see. there. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what we can do there. We're also going to talk with uh, Bill Cameron when he checks in from practice. Barrett Salee will uh, uh, will be unable to join us today. He's got a um, uh, personal situation going on, so he's uh, you know all, all the best to uh, to Barrett. Yeah, and thoughts company. going out to him on yeah, that. Has, has he gone public with it? Is it? He oh, he oh, tweeted something oh, out okay. earlier okay. today. I didn't I didn't want mm-hmm. to. I don't yeah. want to pull back the curtain on something. No, like that. and it's so, not
2: for us to talk about. Yeah. But just thoughts, thoughts going out to well, him.
1: No, he, I mean, if he tweeted about it, then mm-hmm. it's then it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit more public than you know. I, I certainly don't feel comfortable breaking the news on, someone, no. on someone's medical no, situation. Absolutely not in that. But uh, but yeah, all, all the best to Barrett, and, and we'll talk to him uh, whenever we can. Uh, but but it will uh, not be uh, today. We're going to still try uh, Auburn uh, women's soccer coach uh, Karen Hoppa uh, in the uh, in the next uh, few minutes. Uh, and so uh, in, in the meantime, love to hear from you. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Although. The uh, the prim- the primary phone situation is uh, is is Karen Hoppe. but uh, we are we're going to talk some quarterback when Bill Cameron gets done seeing the open uh, viewing window, uh, he's going to uh, he's going to report in and uh, and let us know what what he thought uh, from today and not I mean quarterback has I'd say since the scrimmage it's gone back to the 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 primary you know it's 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 the top. The, the top story that people want to talk about with this Auburn football team. There are comp- you know there is competition uh, at at other spots around the team. Is is there anyone leaving the quarterback aside for a second? Is there any other position or any other player that that's sort of captured uh, your attention in the, in the last few days with the way you know either either what you've gotten to see from practice windows or. Uh, From the way that you've, uh, you know, you've heard players and coaches talk about him.
2: Well, I think it's got to be Camden Brown in the wide receiver room, right? I mean, he continues to get so much praise from the coaches, especially Ike Hilliard, especially Brian Harson in practice and then in the scrimmage. um, I I believe he caught a touchdown in the scrimmage, right? And so he just continues to step up as a young guy in the wide receiver room. He's one of those guys where when he's on the field, you notice it because he's massive and he's just a big human being at the wide receiver position. He can be that guy for Auburn where you throw it up and just let him go after it. And it's good to see somebody who's young coming into this position, coming into to Auburn right now that gives, uh, I want to say, some leadership in the wide receiver room, but somebody at such a young age. So it's Cam Brown's the guy for me.
1: 3-3-4-3-2-1-13-90, the number to dial as we uh, are uh, i think we've now got the correct number we're going to try to uh, uh to to get in touch with uh with with Auburn soccer coach uh Karen Hoppa looking forward to uh, to talking with coach Hoppa in the uh in, in the next uh, in the next minute or so Jacob from from on the line happy that you could sit in with us we are going to talk with Bill Cameron as well uh, when he gets done with the viewing window on campus uh, so it's a uh, yeah looking looking uh, forward to and a lot going on this week too we got high school football uh, with the uh, with, with Hoover and Auburn uh, Lee Scott, uh, the, we start on uh, Lee, Thursday. Lee Scott, sorry, yeah. I did not mean to sell you guys short whatsoever. <laughs> You're good. We'll, uh, it's, okay, so we'll yeah uh, we'll get we'll get to uh, the Lee Scott and, and high school football stuff in in a little while. But I believe we do have our connection now with. Auburn uh, women's soccer coach, uh, Karen Hoppe, who we are, we are thrilled to have on the show. Coach, sorry for the delay in getting in touch with you, uh, but thank you for making some time for us. And, and again, congratulations on, uh, on, on, a, uh, on an incredible run here at Auburn and, and looking forward to another, another great season.
4: Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate you guys having me on and I'm really excited for year number twenty four
1: that that is that's a remarkable run uh, in in any sport uh, for a coach at, at one school and, and you've had uh, tremendous success uh, here at auburn it's uh, It's another year. it's uh, you know the, the possibilities are endless. What can you tell us about uh, uh, what can you tell us about the upcoming season coach?
4: Well, listen, we're really excited we We've got a great group. I figured out it's the first time in the last five years that we're actually looking at starting a veteran lineup that's majority upperclassmen, juniors, and seniors. So uh, hopefully that'll mean a little less gray hairs for us coaches. But um, you know it means it's a really experienced group. We got a ton of talent, and um, we're, we're excited about the possibilities of what they can achieve this year.
1: Any, any upper uh, any upperclassmen in particular that, uh, that that folks should watch out for?
4: You know. Um, it's such a great group. You know, we returned 10 of the 11 starters from last year. And, um, you know, they're all playing really well. I think Emmy Craven, our center back, um, our 6'2 center back is back for her fifth year of playing, her COVID year. And so is Haley Whitaker. So those two are looking at having the opportunity to be five-year starters for us. So that's that's pretty pretty special. And they're playing really well. Um, and then our, our goalkeeper is going into her third year now as a starter, Maddie Perhasta and she's really, really put in a lot of work in the offseason and elevated her game. And then, of course, uh, Anna Haddock and Marissa Arias, both of them coming back as two of our leading goal scorers and were all SEC uh, performers last year. So th- those are some, uh, I think, the-, the key players to watch.
2: Speaking with Coach Hoppe here on The Drive, your first two games against Old Dominion and then Southern Miss, the third game you traveled to Tallahassee to take on Florida State. They were the number one team in the country when they came to Auburn last year. It was a tough loss on the Plains, but one of the best games of the year, really. Uh, what's the mindset going to Tallahassee this year, and trying to return the favor and beating the the Seminoles this year? Well,
5: listen,
4: it's always a great opportunity. You know, you look at that game – And there's a lot less pressure on that game. And, you know, obviously we're focused right now on Old Dominion because that's the next game. Um, But Old Dominion and Southern Miss really are much bigger games. You know, we'll go into Tallahassee as underdogs. And, you know, it's a great opportunity for a measuring stick for us. They're the defending national champions. And let's go see how we can do against the defending national champions at their place. So that'll be a really big measuring stick. But obviously for us, the most important game is Thursday.
1: Coach, what can you tell us about an off season bringing back so much of your starting lineup from from the previous year? Because I imagine it's probably not the same as when you have to uh, you you have to introduce a bunch of new players into the the, the Coach Hoppe way of doing things.
4: <laughs> right. Well, the best thing I can tell you about off season is we had one this year. You know, it's the first time in three years because you know our off season is spring. Spring twenty twenty obviously got shut down. Um, and then spring 2021, we were still playing in season games in that goofy COVID year where we played half our games in the fall and half our games in the spring. So really for us to actually have an off season and for all those players apart from Craven and Whitaker, it was their first ever off season uh, with us. So it was great. The development was great. As you mentioned, the so many returning players, they're at a higher level. So we don't have to start with the basics. Um, and it, it was just a great spring of, Really helping the players develop, helping the team grow, we played a couple different formations and tried to teach them some new tactics and and then really focused on the individual player development. so it was really fun to have an off season again.
1: talking with Auburn soccer coach Karen Hoppe here on the Tuesday edition of the drive coach uh so so what is new about this team versus last year you mentioned uh, that you yeah i mean it's 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 crazy to think that so much of the starting lineup has returned from a team that was pretty good at, at the end of uh, of last season uh, but what what has uh, uh what can you introduce into the program it has and has the transfer portal uh, affected uh the the uh the, the world of soccer the way the way we've seen it affect some of the other sports in in college athletics Yeah I'll answer that
4: second part first yes absolutely the transfer portal has definitely affected our sport in the way it's affected a lot of the other sports and it, it's been been big in our sport we did not pick up any in the transfer portal this year but um we have two of our fifth year seniors uh from the transfer portal last year grace Scropan, who was a, a full-time starter last year and then sabrina mcneil who got hurt in exhibition last year she was going to play her COVID year for us last year so now she's redshirted that year and um sabrina mcneil will come back and She'll be one to watch for sure with the Tigers because she hasn't got to play with us yet, and every single day as she comes back from that injury, she's getting better and better. So I expect her to be a big impact um, for sure. And then what's new with us, um, you know, our back line will definitely be new. Missing, obviously, the graduation. Alyssa Milanson is playing pro now. And then Mal Mooney um, did get hurt uh, late in the fall in some off-season training. So after season, so Mal is still working back from that injury. She was our starting right back. So we'll, we'll have some new faces in that back line. Um, LJ Knox has played quite a bit there and so has freshman Hayden Colson. And then, um, Madeline Moore is also returning from injury and she's played in the last two exhibition games. Uh, uh, if fans remember, she got hurt nine minutes into the Georgia game. That was our first SEC game starting center back. And, and so we did not have her for any of SEC play and she is, um, has played some really quality minutes in these exhibition matches, so we'll be really glad to have her back as well.
2: Coach Oppa, you bring back Maddie Prohaska, the junior goalkeeper. She'll be starting for you again. I would assume she has played fantastic for Auburn so far. What does it mean to bring back somebody like Maddie Prohaska in goal that is just so skilled and just so knowledgeable at the position?
4: Yeah, you know, having a a veteran goalkeeper is just massive. Experience is everything in the goalkeeping position because you learn from that game experience and there's nothing that can replicate it. It's kind of like a quarterback in football whereby, you know, a freshman quarterback is a lot different than a guy who's starting his third year um, in quarterback. So it's really similar to that. I mean, her leadership ability back there, her ability to organize the back line, she's great with her feet, Um, and she's really made a massive commitment to her game in this spring, and I think she'll be... Um, at least so far in preseason, she's played the best soccer she's played so far. Her ability to make saves, that range has extended. Her ability with her left foot now has really grown. Her quickness has grown, and I think, you know, we're going to see Maddie Prosska playing at another level this season.
1: Coach, it's it's striking how in so many of the different sports at Auburn University, the experience... The the home field advantage is is emphasized in in recruiting and and in marketing and it's it's one of the really important aspects. You know, I think about the Jordanner Stadium and uh, I I keep calling it Auburn Arena. I'm gonna get out. I'm gonna get out. I'm gonna <laughs> eventually. I'm going It's it's gonna be Neville Arena. You know, w- without effort uh, so, someday. And and of course the uh, the the expansions were just announced at, at Plainsman Park to to much fanfare. Uh, we we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. It, it's a. I mean, it can get pretty rowdy. At, at at the uh, at at the soccer facility too. I mean that's that's something that you know I want to I want to encourage and I want to give you a chance uh, to encourage Auburn fans and especially uh, the Auburn students that just got back uh, to uh, to check out a soccer game.
4: Yeah, no no doubt that that home field advantage is massive in all sports. I think um, and soccer is no different. And when we get a big crowd at the Auburn soccer complex, it really you can literally see it lift our team. And you know they play with a, you know a little quicker step and. And a little more motivation, and and that really you know helps our team and and helps propel them to to victory and playing harder and all all of the things. And boy, when we get a good crowd there, it's awesome. It's an awesome environment. They're beating on the buckets, you know, with a little rhythm to the drums and cheering. And you know, we we've, we've actually developed some pretty good hecklers in the last couple of years, where we got some students out there heckling the opponent, which um, we always kind of chuckle because we certainly get it when we go on the road in a league. So it's nice that we give it back a little bit. Um, but it, it definitely helps and I and I could not encourage everybody more. We kick off the Auburn Athletics season for the first team to play, the first team to play at home and that's Thursday at six thirty and then again Sunday at two. Um, and we'd love to have some big crowds in both those games.
1: Uh, no, I, I totally agree, Coach. I mean that that is uh, it, it's it's a great experience and, and something that, uh, especially when the when the weather cooperates, I mean that that is a, a wonderful way uh, to spend an afternoon or or an evening with the uh, with with, we, with you and your team. And and yeah, that's how, how about yeah, you guys are sort of batting leadoff this season, right? You get the first the first athletic event of the uh, of the calendar is going to be at the uh, is going to be at the complex. Yeah.
4: Yep. Yeah, we usually do. You know we usually start a week or so before volleyball and uh, obviously a couple of weeks before football so um that's that's something too, our players take great pride in you know they know they're not just it's not just the first soccer game, it's the first event and our you know we've got a great group of players and they take great pride in in wearing that auburn on their uniform and representing the university and they they're really motivated to kick off not just the soccer season but the athletic season on on the right foot on Thursday.
2: We're talking to Coach Hoppe here on the drive on ESPN 1067. Coach, one thing that I noticed was a rule that the NCAA has in place when I was broadcasting some of the games last year with Weagle, the student radio station, was the, the NCAA rule about the, the temperature on the field and having players take the, the mandatory breaks. Is that obviously it's a, it's a great safety precaution, but you know, do you, do you like the rule for the safety aspect? And then does it mess up the flow of the game at all?
4: Yeah, it's a great question. So um, don't ask me how to calculate it, but it's a wet bulb globe temperature of over something, I think 82 degrees or something. I don't know what the wet bulb is, but there's some science to it um, that tells us if it gets a certain number, then the players get a water break. And, you know, it's one of those things. I am happy now that the rule is black and white. There's a measuring stick, and we either have it or we don't because there was so much gamesmanship before when it was – the rule was both coaches have to agree. And you can quite imagine, tactically, some coaches might want that timeout and some coaches might not. Um, usually it would favor, like you said, the team that was maybe the underdog or the team that did not have the flow of the game at that time. The, the water break timeout would it would be an advantage for that um, particular team. So now I like it. It's a black-and-white rule. There's no, no debate, no argument. Either we have it or we don't. Um, and then either way, we our aim always is if we have them to make it our advantage. You know, we'll take that time to try and get the players' information, get them water. We can check on them, see how fresh they are. If somebody needs a sub or not, and um, you know, we always aim to be better coming out of that timeout if we have them um, than we were going in.
1: Coach, I, I know you. Uh, you've got the games this week uh, that that are that are top of mind and i'm not i'm not asking you to look past <laughs> old dominion i i call games for the the troy women's basketball team and old dominion just joined the Sun Belt. so i mean I, I, oh, sure. I, yeah watch out i mean sunbelt teams yeah. sunbelt teams live to come to sec schools and and spoil things and, and you're you're well aware so i'm not asking you to look past old dominion in the SEC schedule, is there any is there any game in particular you can pick a couple if you'd like uh, that that when when you first saw the schedule or going through this off season you you have circled as as really big games for the team?
4: Well, gosh, you could say that about every SEC opponent. Really, the league is so good. Um, I I think the players have circled Alabama for sure. Um, we've lost them the last couple of times, and that is not normal. Not the normal case for for Auburn. The auburn alabama soccer rivalry so um that is one if you ask the team they have it circled on the on the calendar for sure and then you know we play the top two teams from last year in arkansas and and tennessee so you know we don't we play everybody in the west division and then we play four crossovers from the east that will rotate each year so you know obviously we always play arkansas but tennessee we didn't play last year so the opportunity to play the top two teams in the league is, is exciting for sure. To have them on our schedule,
2: Coach Ape, as y'all get started in just a couple of days for this 2022 season, what are the vibes like right now with the players on the team? How are they gelling and, and meshing together as you guys get ready for the season?
4: Yeah, you know, they're. Um, I think the vibe is really good. They're going to be bouncing off the walls on Thursday. You know, we left last season. You know, we kind of limped into playoffs. We got upset in NTAs, and we. We feel like there's unfinished business, and, you know, we've got work to do for sure, um, but I think they are so excited to kick off this season. We've been hungry since last November um, to kind of finish what we didn't finish last year, so that is definitely the vibe. Um, you know, as far as the chemistry on the field, I think that's a work in progress. We um, played at Memphis. We didn't play great in an exhibition. Now, we limited a lot of players in the minutes they played in exhibition, just trying to keep them fresh and healthy. Um, But we didn't gel offensively as well as we wanted. So that's something we're really focusing on and and, uh, working towards being better on Thursday night.
1: Old Dominion and Southern Miss this weekend and then the matchup with Florida State. Uh, on the horizon, but you've got two Sunbelt teams. I forgot to mention yes, Southern Miss, also a new arrival uh, to the Sunbelt Conference. So two of the teams that jumped into the belt uh, starting the uh, season off uh, here in in Auburn. Uh, and uh, what can you tell us, I guess, briefly about uh, the, uh, the old Miss team or about the Old Dominion team uh, that you're going to open the season with, Coach?
4: Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's a good team. And they actually played Southern Miss in their old conference championship game last year. And it was a one-goal game, and they both are really high-level teams. Old Dominion won. They went on to the NCAA tournament, and they lost in the NCAA tournament to Duke, only 1-0 with 26 seconds left on the clock. So that tells you what a high-level team that they are. Um, this is going to be a really, really tough test. We expect them to be you know, well-organized, strong defensively. they got some dangerous attacking players. So it's going to be a, a really good first test for opening
1: night. Outstanding, Coach. Thank you again for for making some time for us. Old Dominion at the soccer complex at 6.30 to start the season, and then you've got Southern Miss at 2 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, appreciate you making some time for us again, Coach.
4: Hey, my pleasure. Thank you
1: for having me on. War Eagle. Auburn women's soccer coach Karen Hoppe joining us as she gets ready to kick off the uh, season see what i did there uh, gets ready to, uh, Good to one. kick, kick yeah, thanks, thanks jacob uh, gets ready to uh, to start the season uh, <laughs> with, uh, with with a pair of sunbelt teams visiting uh, this weekend first uh, first games as coach Hoppe mentioned the first athletic events of the 2022 2023 academic year at auburn university we're going to take a break we'll come back with more you're listening to the tuesday edition of the drive
3: On the Drive. <laughs> the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the Drive, call 334 321 1390 Toll-free at 888 382 7502 Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in Tuesday edition of The Drive, Dan Peck.
1: Hanging out with you, Drew at the Controls, Jacob from On The Line. Sitting in the studio as here. well, outstanding and uh, and was. Uh, I, I hope you got a chance to hear our interview with Auburn soccer coach Karen Hoppe. If not, you can check out the podcast of the Drive, available wherever you get your podcast. Presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Bill Cameron will check in with us after the uh, viewing window is over. I think he's on his way uh, to the studio and he'll be here for the second hour. I don't uh, I don't know that for sure, but we will get Bill Cameron's thoughts. He's on somewhere. What he saw today. Yes, I can guarantee you that Bill Cameron is somewhere. <laughs> In the meantime 3343211390 love your thoughts on anything Going on in the world of sports, a lot of Auburn, uh, a lot of Auburn football uh, conversation, quarterback battle, other positions, players that have made a strong argument. I think you're dead on with with Camden Brown. I was looking at Zay Capers and Landon King as guys who maybe would argue for playing time as as uh, as, as bigger receivers, but it seems like the freshman Camden Brown has, has snuck in uh, to that race and has maybe nudged ahead of the uh, of, of the older players that that he's competing with. 13-90. Three, 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 one, Love to hear. From you, and let's get to the phones. And Olin is first up on the drive. Let's uh, let's get to uh, uh, let, let's let's get to Olin. This uh, is Bill. I know. Can we can we get to Olin on the? Okay. Olin, you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, Olin, you are on the air.
5: Oh well, how you doing, Dan?
1: I'm doing all right. Good to hear from you. I tell
5: you what, I'm glad that you you're handling it today because <laughs> really I was going to ask you. um, it, at this point in time, what have we got, a couple of more weeks before we uh, start playing games? Ooh, we, are, I believe the two weeks from Saturday is the mercy Yeah, game. okay, so it's getting pretty
2: close. Eighteen days.
5: Uh, yeah, uh, you've been around a while. You've got a different view, of course, than I do. I think you uh, surely have better contacts. <laughs> I hope you got better contacts, Dan. I know you do. Uh, but my question to you really is this uh, – When you kind of step back and look at this team, where it is now, think about the conference and everything, how do you feel about the team?
1: I think there are a lot of places where this team is good enough to beat most of the teams in the SEC. I think there are a lot of spots on the team where this team has the talent of just about anyone in this league or more talent than just about any of the there are also some really important spots that are question marks and quarterback is is the primary one and it's, and it's, it's kind of a, a cop out to say, well, if they get they get quality quarterback play, they could be nine and three or ten and two. and if the quarterback play is near the bottom of the league, they could be staring at four and eight, five and seven, six and six. But it does sort of feel like that kind of year where if, if they can I mean the, the, there's enough there around whoever plays the quarterback uh, position for Auburn. That you would think, you know, with, with, some, you know with, with production at that spot from whoever wins the job, the possibility is there to win most of the games on the schedule. But the, these teams are not going to roll over. And a lot of them, if they sense weakness or, or if they get the feeling that Auburn is, is a wounded animal, you know, they're, they're going to try to, to make their mark. And, and that's how a bunch of losses could pile up. The, 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 sure. chances, the chance is there for, for a great year. But you know the the chances also there the bottom could drop out,
5: yeah Dan I think you got I think you got a pretty good analysis there, really I do uh, i I asked this question because I know you and I differ on this point, so I'm not going to argue our difference. I just want to ask you the question. Now, it appears to me that that obviously we've got uh two, three who knows maybe four people who could be the quarterback, okay? Let's say at least three, based on what I've heard, okay? I just haven't heard enough about the freshman to know whether he's in the mix or not, and, and and that's beside the point. But I have heard enough about three of them. So given the fact that here we are two weeks before, and these guys are fighting it out, and obviously they've probably all got pluses and minuses that are pretty close, okay? Okay. Uh, Now I'm going to ask the question, setting that up like that, I'm going to ask the question about the coach. If you go into the if you go into the game, you choose a starting quarterback, does that mean that now everything is over? There is no more competition. This is my team, win, lose, or draw. Or does the coach look at the quarterback on every play, on every game, every down, and keep assessing whether or not he has the right person to play in that
1: position or not. Olin, you know how I would, I would respond to that by reminding you that last year Brian Harson pulled Bo Nix in the middle of the Georgia State game because he wasn't yep, getting it, it done it and, and went to T.J. Finley, which is, which is something we haven't – I mean, it's tough to find. You know, that, that, that was something we hadn't seen from an Auburn coach in a couple of years, right, is yep. yanking a quarterback because they weren't performing to, to a high enough level and, and it was a, a winnable game yep. could be lost. Because of yep. it so that that gives me the the belief that Brian Harson is someone who you know he'll he'll pull a Spurrier if the, if the starting quarterback isn't getting the job done right he'll he'll go he'll go to someone else especially if he thinks that guy uh, would, would give them a, a, a better chance of winning in the
5: moment. okay, the other question is, do you think he might be looking at a system where he might play more than one quarterback?
1: You know, I, I think, and we appreciate the phone call, Olin, I think that it would be, and, and who knows, um, if if Robbie Ashford isn't the starting quarterback, but they like what they see out of Robbie Ashford running the ball, or they think Robbie Ashford could be, because remember, this is a team that struggled in short yardage last year. If they think Robbie Ashford could be part of the answer uh, to to improving that aspect of the offense, I don't think... I don't think the fact that he's not the starting quarterback will limit them as far as finding something for, for Robbie Ashford to do. It's tough to imagine, you know, a TJ and Zach Calzada split being, you know, something effective. But maybe Robbie Ashford, if he can do something the starting quarterback can't do, could find a role in this offense. Appreciate it, Olin. You say we had, uh, we have Bill, uh, hang, hanging on. Is that right? Cause we got, we got to go to break still, too. All right. So, let's okay, we're going to take a break uh, to get back on, uh, on the clock, and we will, uh, we will come back. Bill Cameron is, is hanging on. I, I think we've got Brett on the line, too. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, 334-321-1390. You are listening to the Tuesday edition of The Drive.
0: My joints aren't what they used to be. Routine exercise, playing ball outside with the kids, riding bikes on vacation. I never worried about keeping up, but now my joint pain has started slowing me down. I decided to make an appointment with the orthopedic clinic. Their surgical partners had the experience, technology, and personalized approach to care that I was looking for. Best of all, it was close to home. I'm thankful I chose the orthopedic clinic. Don't let joint pain slow you down. Visit theorthoclinic.com and schedule your appointment today
3: drive continues 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 the drive with bill cameron and dan peck on espn 1067 online at espnau.com to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at espnau.com
1: Welcome back in. Final segment of hour number one here on the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Drew at the controls. Brett, we're going to try to get to you. You you know, I I, I hate keeping you hanging on, but, uh, the the big boss is is on the line and we got to, uh, we got to get to Bill Cameron because we've been hyping it up the whole time and it is, it is, it is the drive with Bill Cameron. I'm not going to keep, not going to keep Bill holding on while I take other calls. Nothing against Brett. You know, again, I, I appreciate all, all you do, Brett. We can talk about Walker Bueller uh, soon, but in the meantime, Bill Cameron uh, has gotten out of the uh, the viewing window and is is on the line. So let's let's get let's get Bill Cameron uh, on on the air. Bill, can you hear me? Oh yeah, I got okay. you, Dan. All right, Bill, yeah, Bill you are
0: on. Yeah, okay. I, I got you. Uh, and. Sorry, Brad. I didn't think I didn't think Walker was going to be back in September. But anyway, yeah, just hot off the field news. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's been posted yet. But uh, one thing that was interesting in practice, Jeremiah Wright is an offensive lineman again.
5: Whoa! All
1: right, that's that's. Um, uh, I mean, he's, he's he's switching sides. I mean, so so now he's back to the uh, back to the offensive line after uh, this is. So he'd he'd moved he'd moved two. And Fro, and then two, and now he's Fro again, right? So I, I think yeah, that's yep. so. So Jeremiah Wright to the offensive line—that is a, a surprising development there, Bill. I, I guess um, the the first thing folks would wonder about uh, for for people who get to watch practice today is what you saw out of the quarterbacks, and if if you can read anything into uh, you know who who goes when in the drills or or how much anyone is working with a particular group.
0: Well, you know, I'm surprised. I've heard some things during the day that I'm like, gee, what what have I missed? Uh, same old, same old today. T.J. Fenley is the first guy up. And then Zach and Robbie alternating who was second. So, I mean, it's still T.J. And with, when I was watching and then I checked with a couple of other people because I went down and looked at uh, some of the line practice, uh, it, it continued to be the same story. Uh, most impressive throwing the ball today. DJ
1: Finley, Bill, are you uh, are you coming in the studio? What's the story? I'm
0: I'm in the parking lot right now. Okay, so go ahead.
1: Yeah. Okay. well, no, we're, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. I was I was wondering, are you are you okay? We'll 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 check back in with Bill. Yeah. Uh, before I'll, the, I'll be in in a second. All right, cool. Bill, Bill will be Bill will be in in, uh, in you know shortly into the second hour. Brett, we'll get to you uh, when we start hour number two. If you want to hang on, if you want to call back, either way, I understand. Hour number two of the drive. Stick around. We will be right back.
3: W294AR Auburn. WGCC HD3 Waverly. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. ESPN 1067. A broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is
0: hello everybody welcome in hour number two of the drive who is this whoa oh i'm back I told you I was in the parking lot you thought I was in the parking lot at the complex That is that is true I was in the parking lot here no we got we got to see four periods as usual except it was the mid some of the middle periods uh, over there at uh, practice today I appreciate you uh, handling things early on it was day one of classes I could not even get out of the office till close to four fortunately that's on campus so I was able to get over and and check out a little bit of the practice. Um, and, you know, uh, good to be in here for hour number two
1: here on the, uh, Tuesday drive. I think this is a good system, at least for this week, where because tomorrow there's a four fifteen mm-hmm. uh, view- viewing window. Well, that's what it ended up
0: being. That's today. what it is today. Yeah. It ended so, up being four fifteen. So, today. so we'll, I guess we'll.
1: I mean, we could do the same thing tomorrow if you want. We, and
0: tomorrow is the first day of Monday, Wednesday classes. I'm liable to be in pretty much you, the same shape. You might yeah. be busy,
1: and and we've got some player audio that, that we right. can run. And we still haven't run Brian Harson from uh, from Saturday, which which I think as we as some of these position battles start to take shape. Maybe some of the guys Brian Harson shouted out after the scrimmage on Saturday could have big roles on this team, so maybe either today or tomorrow we'll let the folks hear from brian harson uh, from from the uh, from, from the post scrimmage audio because a couple of those players uh, could could be uh, you know could, could have uh, could have significant roles on on this upcoming season Well, yeah
0: I mean and, and looking today, you always want to look at first day practice after a scrimmage because Brian Harson talked about it 's time to start shuffling. Players around on the depth chart, and just looking out there, seeing where people were lined up, uh, what order they were lined up, uh, gives you an idea of how they performed in the scrimmage the other day so uh, we can we can get into that a little bit um, we can uh, um, we, we'll talk about whatever you would like here on the on the Tuesday drive, but yeah, an interesting practice, fairly live now there, there's some guys that uh, we didn 't see today that Um, you know, since it is a combination of the first day of class and the first day after a scrimmage, you know, don't really know why they, well, you know, why they may not have been there, but, uh, but it's interesting seeing how everybody lined up today. So we'll get into that in just a little bit. Want to let you know, hour number two of the drive brought to you as usual by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we're, uh, Glad to hear from you on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Uh, Kia of Auburn, where you're
1: always number one, and the number to get you through... Is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show three three four five six four eighteen forty on the Drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast. We'll get to movers and shakers on the Bill Cameron depth chart, players that you, you maybe need to watch out for as the, as the, uh, as the week one depth chart starts to uh, take shape. Uh, but Brett's been hanging on uh, for, for a little while, waiting to, uh, to get on the air. So what, what do you say we take Brett's call, uh, Bill? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, Brett.
5: Hey,
6: Dan. I appreciate that. I've uh, been on PermaHole so long. I thought I'd taken a little nap
1: here, but I'm I'm back. I'm back with you. Um, you got squeezed You got squeezed between the sides there. Between yeah. You. Sorry but, about but, that. I mean, just interview and then a, yeah, a check in a a dispatch from Bill Cameron from practice. But Brett, we're we're yeah, happy happy to get you on the air. Yeah, I
6: know when the boss is there. Yeah, you got to do what the boss says. But uh, hey, uh, first of all. I wasn't going to call in and talk about Wal- Walker Bueller, uh, Dan. I mean, after 114 games, when you're playing 7 2 ball, I mean, that, all that's getting kind of boring,
1: isn't it? it? You know, it is. Winning is never boring, especially winning a lot. I, I think, you know, my but, goodness. but it does It does seem like there will be other more competitive division races oh, yeah. in the National League than the one in the West.
6: I'm hoping so. But anyway, the thing I called in about, you were talking about a uh, question mark, of course, quarterback. Tell me what you've seen not, not not just heard about the offensive line, especially run blocking. If Tate Johnson is two eighty five, can can he actually push people around at two eighty
0: five? That is a great question. I have not seen them do any inside drills or you know, they only put the pads on um, the other day and we really haven't seen yeah. haven't seen any inside running drills or, or anything with those guys. And that's that's a that's that's a great question. That is one that is, if Tate Johnson is going to to uh, play a significant amount, then he's going to have to be able to do that, and and that's that's the first question uh, that I've been asked by a few people. I I don't have an answer for you, you, you can't,
1: yet. You can't be a starter for a good team with a glaring weakness, right? And if if he's if it's if it's too small to you know if he's too small to to be an effective player at his position, it'll come through. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing because he's because uh, he's got. Other players, you know, in in, in the competition with him, uh, I, I'm I'm thinking he's he's up to the task. Uh, but that's that's something you probably won't be able to know for sure until the couple games into the season, Brett.
6: Well, ha- have you heard right. that they're run blocking better? Yes, have you heard
1: that? yes, I
0: have heard that, and I've heard that from offensive and defensive players and coaches that they are more physical and they are able to push, uh, get a better push on the initial uh, surge at the line of scrimmage. Everyone has been saying that, but again, I haven't seen it with my own eyes.
1: And some of the folks who have seen the scrimmage, some of the folks who were at the scrimmage on Saturday, yep. would say that you would, you would expect the defensive line to have the advantage over the offensive line when the ones go against the ones. That wasn't necessarily the case. No, on that I, I had post-track. a couple of people tell me
0: that uh, they were they – were, uh, uh, pleasantly surprised that the offensive line more than held their own. Now, so so, so now people are yeah. going to go, oh God, the defensive line's That's no good.
5: Exactly
6: right. No, I can assure you, I'm not going to say I, I'm pretty confident in our uh, defensive line. Yes. If, if we can block ours other than Alabama and Georgia, I think we've blocked about any. No, right. I, I, you
1: know, Brett. It gets it. Will go, yeah, go ahead, Brett. Sorry.
6: But last thing, last week somebody brought up uh, Cam Riley and. Somebody, I think when Jason called, I was it was trying to compare him to Carlos Dansby. I know Jason stopped short of saying that, which was d- definitely smart. But does he have like the speed? Like if somebody breaks containment, does he have the speed that Dansby had him? I know he's a great athlete, but does he have that kind of? He's
0: speed? got good speed, but I don't know if he's got Carlos' speed. Carlos was a receiver. Um, yeah, remember, no, no, I mean, no. yeah. So I, I, I think, I think. Uh, um, Cam has really good speed for a guy who is nearly 6'5 and 230 pounds. He has good speed for that. But, I, yeah, I definitely fall short of saying that uh, that he's got Carlos Dansby speed. i tell you what, a guy that's really gotten a lot of talk, you know, leading up to, but especially since the scrimmage, has been Wesley Steiner.
6: Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Okay. Well, hey, uh, guys, once again, boys in blue in 2022. Y'all have a great day.
1: Hey, gotcha, for, Brett. Win, win for Vin. All right. The, the, this, yeah. Uh, no this, kidding. This this uh, this this one. I think so. No, it's uh, I, th- there are different positions, like we were saying, where you know some of it's not. You're not going to know till the season has started, and you've seen this in in live action. Uh, but uh, there there's there's competition at different spots, and, and there are well, there definitely is. You know, you, you'd like to uh, you'd like to get a read on that. What what have you heard about Cam Riley? Because that that is a name that you know had had been popping up. I think largely because uh, he you know. Uh, you know he's noticeably bigger. I think one of the mm-hmm. one of the players mentioned, uh, you know Cam Cam Riley having improved, but uh, he's he's one of the options at linebacker. And oh, he is. I mean, and he does move pretty well.
0: I mean, again, I, I'm sure I'm not going to say, oh yeah, he's he's Carlos Dansby, the you know the, the reincarnation of Carlos. But uh, he's a big guy that that moves well. M- my thing is is he is he now physically strong enough to handle that you know contact that you're going to get on the inside there at linebacker he's built a little differently than west steiner and desmond tisdale and robert woodyard those guys um but but he's a guy that that gives them a little extra length and probably uh a guy that could help out um you know we saw him a couple of times blitz last year and he's got he's got a nice uh
1: nice wingspan and Earlier in Brett's call, uh, before he, uh, we were talking about the offensive line uh, before yeah, Cam Riley came up, and I think if if I had asked you uh, for a position to watch after practice today, that might have been that might have been the first one that that, that you uh, that you wanted to talk about, right? Right, Bill? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's because
0: one of the first because I did notice. Oh, that's Jeremiah Wright working with the offensive line, and then just seeing they were going with center guard, tackle, right side center guard tackle, left side, you know, working on snap and, and coming off the ball. And, uh, uh, and, and it was interesting, the grouping that we saw. It would be, uh, we talked about Tate Johnson. It would be Tate Johnson with Cam Stutz and Killian Zier. And that's, that, that's usually your left side is, is Cam and Killian. And then with Keandre Jones and Austin Truxel, who are presumed to be the right side guys. Um, so, I mean, I was, when I saw some of the guys, I was trying to see who had moved to different spots. Garner Langlow, who has worked some at garden tackle, was working strictly at guard today at, uh, left guard. EJ Harris was working at right guard. Jeremiah Wright was at left guard. Um, let's see, Avery Johnson, the, uh, all the time that I watched was nothing but a center Today, I'm guessing, and, and I'm that's guessing, a guy that that's a guy that Brian Harson talked about the other day too. I'm guessing Avery Coffee
1: Johnson. was a tackle. He was Coffee mentioned.
0: was uh, Brendan Coffey was the number two um, left tackle behind Killian, behind but, yeah. Killian, and Colby Smith was the number two right tackle. And Brendan Coffey was one of the players too mentioned by right.
1: uh, Brian Harson as uh, after the scrimmage. Over the weekend, and somebody who's maybe battling to be in the mix mm-hmm. among the offensive line, uh, but Avery and uh, Avery and, and, Avery T- and Tate. Avery we're, Tate, were getting most guys. of the snaps today. And those are two players that, you know, even on a veteran offensive line, I don't think people really thought. Uh, you know, they, they were wondering if, if maybe they were blocked from playing time, or if there was, uh, you know, if, the, if there were, there were going to be other upperclassmen uh, who had a, who had more of a, a clear shot. Yeah, because they've been around for
0: a while. Both of them are redshirt juniors, I believe um and and we hadn't seen you know much of them at all on the field one thing i really really want to see is the updated sizes of the players because that has that is the first question exactly like Brett was saying can an undersized Tate Johnson doesn't look that doesn't undersized when i look at him all right and i see Avery Jernigan enlisted listed at 310 and Tate listed at two eighty five. There does not appear to be anywhere near twenty five pounds difference in the two of them. Maybe Avery's gotten smaller, maybe Tate's gotten larger. But remember, these are the numbers from pre spring
1: game. Yeah, those were the up. Those are the numbers they updated. Those during are the numbers we got practice, updated right? during spring practice before a day. So this is as of March. Yeah, probably the numbers that you're currently seeing with heights and weights. So rates. you're talking, like yeah, August five months ago. And how, how much have some of these guys changed? And let me ask you this: What is what's Tate listed at versus what Nick is is listed at? Because I would think Brahms is similar. In... Uh,
0: Tate is listed at six four two eighty five. Nick's listed at six four
1: three hundred. Okay, so I mean, fifteen pounds is. I mean, I know people would say, you know, is, is that... I, he doesn't look fifteen pounds lighter than i don't think so either like that's where i would think so so at least cosmetically Mm -hmm. i would not think that tate johnson as a as a center as an interior offensive lineman would seem to be uh would would seem to be uh, too small uh to play the position effectively now we don't know what kind of run blocker he is but i would think uh that no just just you know based on what we've seen from him doesn't seem out of place you know it's not like they you know it's not like rudy's in the game Right, like it's, it's no, not, I mean, but I, I was hearing
0: some comments like, "Well, he would have been a nice lineman for the two thousand four Auburn team, but eighteen years later, offensive linemen are you know forty fifty pounds heavier than they were you know back then."
1: Yeah, I mean, but they, they are th- that's true. But how big I mean, was, defensive line? Well, let me ask you this: how big was how big was Casey Dunn? You know, Auburn had a pretty effective center in two ninety in, yeah. tw- in twenty right. in twenty seventeen. Yeah, he was for, he was just, he was two ninety. No, I'm
0: saying just two ninety.
1: Yeah, but no, but for a, for a team that had the conference is leading Russia right. you know, in 2017. Yeah. So it's not, and that's not ancient history. Like, that's not, you know, we're not talking about Joe Cope here. You know, we're, we're, talking, about no, you're a, right. we're talking about something a little bit more recent than uh, th- than that. So really shouting out some Auburn centers in this <laughs> uh, in, in this segment. What's up? What's up, Ryan Pugh?
0: Yeah, you just hope you don't have a situation like you did in 98 when you go through seven different centers.
1: Oh, no, yeah. That's, that's... Uh, it's like every one they put out there immediately, they, they're hurt. No, and that was so... I mean, and... Veteran experience can be something that you point to at that position. as oh, no as being The difference. I would be more. I mean, if, if it's you know, if it ends up being a, a you know one of the one of these guys, you know that that would be that would be my concern. Is is that um uh, that that you know you're you're going to miss some of the veteran know-how of of one of the other upperclassmen at the position instead. Yeah, uh, but
0: but still i mean we we will see how thing how things go there but but yeah a few but a, tweaks, lot of, a, lot but a few tweaks it appeared just guys getting work i don't know if it was just today after the scrimmage going well let's see how they look at this other spot um but it it looks like most of the starting offensive line is is as
1: we had thought. Right, a lot, lot of Tate, a lot of Avery. Mm-hmm. He'll get get ready for the the possibility of it. So yeah, that, uh, that, that could be a possibility. And, that, and that's and that's something to uh, yeah, it's it's a, a bit of a, a bit of a wrinkle maybe versus what was expected. Anything? Uh, anything catch your eye from any of the other positions as far as a player? Who's... I
0: thought, guy. While I was watching, everybody cut the ball really well. Interesting, really, really well. It was not a, it was not a bad day for the receivers. I thought. I mean, and they were working on. Um, because at first I thought, oh, that pass is a little high. Then I realized, no, they're working on, because I was down at the far end looking at linemen and then looked back when they, because at first it was just some drills they weren't throwing. So I wanted to go see what was going on. As I turned and looked, I I thought, oh, that pass is a little high. But as I got closer, I realized, oh, they're working from about the 15-yard line and they're throwing to the back of the end zone. So each quarterback's trying to throw it where the receiver would – Catch it at you know as high as they could jump and come down in the back of the end zone. People are and that's always... where that's where I thought wow TJ, TJ was really putting it exactly where it needed to be. Zach and Robbie had some good throws, uh, but there were there were too many going out of the back of the end zone that that you know uh, um, I'm trying that Walker Kessler wouldn't have been able to get to. You need a stepladder for, yeah. for some of these yeah. some of these passes. So. Folks, folks, maybe I should have said Jabari. I don't know if he could jump higher than Walker. Walker was the guy that went up and got the ball, though blocked it.
1: You want to use so. Johan? You want to use Johan Trevor? Yeah, right maybe. On, yeah, on there we go. So, so the uh, stretch. Yeah. Uh, stretch acting Bola. So the uh, people are always looking for new arrivals or freshmen that, that look like they could uh, be be contributors. And... The rise of Camden Brown does seem to be. I mean, we'll see. Oh, it's real. We'll see. It much, is real. We'll see how much it you know it leads to playing time early on. But it does seem like all systems are go for Camden to be a contributor early. We were hearing about him really early on in camp from players and coaches, and it seems like the uh, the legend has only grown. Bill, what what, what do you uh, when people ask you about Camden Brown as someone who's been to these practices? What do you tell them? I uh, tell them
0: he's a guy that is uh, better than than. I guess advertised as a three star. I mean, he, he looks like somebody who's been playing college ball for a while. I mean, he's, he's grown and a big, strong, physical guy. I, I'm really, you know, anxious to see him in contact. I want to see how he handles the physicality of, you know, SEC defensive backs. We've heard he's more than held his own
1: against the Auburn secondary, and that should be a pretty good sign. Yeah, and I keep wondering, I mean, there's there's a goal line sort of possibility. There's the chance of using him situationally, but there's also the chance that if he's if he's that good, if he's one of your top receivers, the fact that he's a true freshman isn't going to be all that important. They'll they'll put him out there Anyway, we've heard about some of the veterans. Malcolm Johnson Jr. has been up in front of the media. Shedrick, mm-hmm. Shedrick was one of the first players. I think Shedrick actually might have been the first player. I think Shedrick was the first player uh, to talk to the media uh, this uh, this this fall camp. Uh, Var and Chick, uh, who I think I think it's going to be like the like the JUCO tackle brothers, right? Where Var and Chick are almost because they're the yeah. same position, same height. Uh, one-syllable nicknames, uh, may- maybe. Yeah, for Javarius and Tavarius. Yeah, I mean they're some. You know, it's t- it, you almost lump them together until until one of them, you know, maybe, maybe separates the other one uh, career-wise. But uh, I mean, there's there's veteran options at receiver, but. Coy Moore, the new, the new arrival from, uh, from LSU, and Camden Brown, the true freshman, look like they're going to shake that rotation up a little bit, right?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's interesting. I'm, looking, I'm just reading some of the other guys' notes who were over there because people are in different spots. Uh, and, and I see Mark Murphy saying, he said, and uh, it, it's good to, to feel like somebody agrees with, uh, with, what, with something that you said. Mark Murphy said today T.J. Finley was as sharp as he'd ever seen him. I thought he looked pretty good from the far end as I got a little closer. Then he and he said Robbie Robbie Ashworth was throwing some of his passes too
1: high for the receivers to make the catch. And so so yeah, I, I saw a couple of those things. A little bit of momentum for TJ, right? It just feels like every day there's there's I mean and and, and I don't know, maybe it's because Brian Harson, you know, he's the first guy that Coach Harson mentioned after the scrimmage, uh but I mean from the moment we got out there, it do, it does seem like TJ Finley mm-hmm. has had a a very strong uh, fall camp. We don't know what's been going on behind closed doors, but Sounds like you played well in the scrimmage. Again, this week
0: leading up to, and of course, during the scrimmage Friday, extremely important for all the guys. But uh, the eyes are all on on the QB spot. Let's get to our first break of hour number two. Love for you to join us here on the Tuesday Drive.
3: Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into The Drive, 24 minutes after 5 o'clock with Bill and Dan, and let's get to the Kia of Auburn Hotline and Matt. Is up next. Hey Matt.
7: Hey guys. Um, so the Auburn offense. Would you say that we are now more of a pro style running offense as opposed in the past to being a more um, spread pass yes. first offense? So wouldn't that be a lot harder to? It's a lot harder to change. I mean, we were under Gus Malzahn. We recruited different types of players at both receiver and offensive line to fit that offense. Wouldn't you say?
1: That's right, to, to – to, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, to, to fit – receivers to fit the
7: – Well, in the old – if you're running a pro-style type offense, you have more tight end. you throw shorter passes, and you're, you're, you're manning up to run the ball more than spreading everybody out trying to throw first. So I think if, if we were – I think it, this year is going to still be a transitional year because we're, we're having guys that uh, are not – I don't know if we have the – the size on the offensive line, we do have good running backs and I think that's, that's encouraging, but I really would love it if one of our quarterbacks who, who we apparently not going to start would be able to run occasionally because if, if we have difficulty protecting them on a pass and you know, neither one of the guys that are, that are getting the first team reps sound like they're going to be able to, you know, get a first down if it's third and five and uh, protection breaks down.
0: Uh yeah, it's less less likely that uh, that you would see TJ or uh, uh, TJ even more. Zach Zach Calzada is not just a, a statue back there. I think a lot of people, for some reason, seem to think Zach can't move at all. Zach has decent uh, has, has decent mobility. I'd stop short of that with with TJ, uh, but but no. Uh, i, I don 't know that i 'd be counting on them picking up four or five unless there 's a you know a big gap and
1: i think matt 's concern about the offensive line i mean that that 's fair. I do think that the fact that you bring back the same offensive line coach for a second year is probably a positive in that situation because you haven 't seen you 've seen a lot of turnover at that position for Auburn over the last couple of years and having veteran players and a coach who who has his guys for more than one year, uh, you know, who has some familiarity, you, you would think that could lead to some breakthroughs on the offensive line. But you might be right. Maybe it's going to take uh, Brian Harson having an offensive line full of guys that he recruited and developed uh, before he can really get those results. You just wonder does he is he is he operating on that kind of timeline where he's going to be able yeah, to get well, you know, th- those kind of linemen problem, and, and develop them or, or not.
7: He wants a quarterback that's more pro-style, which accuracy is so important. I'm I just concerned about what I hear about some of the throws being inaccurate. But, you know, I, I guess we've got another couple of weeks to sort all that out. Uh, well, I, again, I'll,
0: I'll tell you this. I mean, everything I've seen and heard, the most accurate day in and day out, has been T.J. Finley. That's
7: that's amazing. <laughs> didn't say that way last year, but.
0: Well, I mean, here's, here's, here's the thing that, what was, what was Zach's completion percentage last year? Wasn't it? It
1: was I mean, right, right around the same, Rosie. About the around kids. the same. 54. And then, five,
0: and then Ro- Robbie Ashford is a, I mean, he is a great athlete, but I, I didn't realize, uh, I believe he only had one year in high school where he completed 50% of his passes and it wasn't 60%. He was around 51, 52% as a passer in high school. So, I mean, accuracy is not going to be the strong suit, I don't think, of any of these guys. So what you have to do then is what, what Coach Harson was talking about when he came in following the scrimmage. It's all about um, understanding the offense, getting everybody in the right play, making sure everybody knows where to be, and getting the ball to the right person with the most consistency.
7: Right. So I guess that's, that's the thing we, couldn't, we haven't been able to do in the past is Make a quick read even before the play
5: snap mm-hmm. right?
7: And know who's going to be open, who's not, and be able to anticipate which which you know player or two, receiver or two, are going to be most likely to be the one to throw to. So that's true. One thing I wanted to, you guys may have talked about yesterday.
1: Oh, uh, Matt, hey, Matt, we're we're right we're right up against a break, man. Sorry, sorry, I appreciate. Oh. Pre- yeah, hate hate to cut All you right, off. Thanks. Call call us back another time. Yeah, love love lo- to
0: continue the conversation. Yeah, we have that hard break here at the bottom of the hour. Jake Crane of Crane and Company joins us on the other side. Stick with us. Here on the Tuesday Drive.
3: Now, more of The Drive. The Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into the Tuesday Drive. Bill and Dan here in the studio with Drew at the controls, and let's head to the uh, to our to the Kia of Auburn hotline for our regular Tuesday afternoon guest at this time. That, of course, Jake Crane from Crane and Company. Jake, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing
8: good, guys. How are y'all
0: doing? Doing pretty well. It was the first day of classes at Auburn, and uh, I had such a long day that I I decided to just uh, head from the office straight over, go to the uh, media viewing window. Dan held it down for a little while, so that was good. Get a little bonus uh, viewing time. Man, we've gotten so much more time to watch some of practice this year, and uh, uh, it's it's been nice uh, to, to not have to just... Hope you pick something up from somebody who might have gotten an invite to practice.
8: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot better being able to see it in person than having to go through third person. You know, it's interesting. I think we're starting to see kind of a wave a little bit across college football of, of people getting more access. I, I mean, you look at, uh, you know, Brian Kelly at LSU. We had Matt Muscona on today, and he's like, man, I'm going to be honest. I cannot believe the amount of access that we have gotten at LSU. He's like, it's been crazier than it ever has been. Uh, so
1: it's awesome, man. Well, I, mean, I think there's a benefit to sharing uh, not just information but video and pictures of the practice and allowing the media to come. I mean, you don't want to give away anything strategic. Right. But at the same time, uh, yeah, I, th- I think there is an upside to giving, uh, g- giving uh, local media access. And what we've, what we've noticed is I would say from the, from the first media viewing window to the 7th or 8th, there was a larger crowd. Of media mm-hmm. people showing up once sure. they realize they find know. out,
0: oh, I can actually yeah.
1: video or, or watch some myself, and that and that should flow downstream into added attention for the program. Yeah, you know, d- down the line, I I think it's a smart strategy.
8: Well, without a doubt, I mean, you don't want to feel like you're having to pull a project veritas on them, you know. That's
1: that's that's right. I mean, that's. <laughs> I, yeah, no, you're right. You don't want to have to go cloak and dagger to try to figure out, you know, information. Although those were the days too. I mean, th- those were, you know, oh, yeah. and, and, you know, trying to try to find out who's seen what, and and even I mean, there's a little bit of that when Auburn has a scrimmage, Jake.
0: Sure, and well, and the other thing that that they don't want you to do, and understandably, is have the audio when they're running when they're when they're you know when yeah. they're going yeah. seven on seven or eleven on eleven, so that you don't hear the the signals being called, but seeing it. Doesn't mean that much to to even the the opposition.
1: Just seeing you know certain plays being run. Yeah, we've been asked not to podcast the cadences of right. the of, of <laughs> the quarterbacks well, you know, for for whatever reason.
8: Well, we we always said you know it's it's signals and signs. Signals and signs are the two things that that can really get you. So no, it's it's good too. And look, a lot of times, especially uh, you know you, you're you get in the game plan week about a week and a half, two weeks before. So a lot of what you're seeing is base mm-hmm. stuff. They're trying to get better at their base stuff. You have your add-ons. You have your specials. You know, you work your your quad stuff. You work your formation and the boundary stuff. But really, signs, signals, and red zone plays—those are the three things you don't want out. Uh,
0: Jake, all right. As most teams have had their first scrimmage, most are getting ready for number two. As a matter of fact, here in in just a couple of days, um, from from the word that that uh, that you have. Gotten from around the league, what are some of the uh, things that you've gone? Oh, really? Well,
8: you know, Miles Brennan leaving LSU, kind of the timing of that was, mm-hmm. was very interesting to me. I mean, it looks like it's going to come down to Jaden Daniels and Dust Meyer, which I believe they're going to go with Jaden Daniels. You know, again, man, I'm looking at Arkansas. One of the biggest things to me when I was looking at, uh, at at Arkansas was, you know, you obviously want to get through this without a ton of injuries, but you want to be physical. They haven't had a a big, you know, attrition cycle here in fall camp. Uh, But, again, a lot of what I look at is up front. Because I come on here and say all the time, you know, you can sit here and have great receivers DBs and running backs, but if you're not good enough up front and you don't have depth up front, then it's not going to matter. So I'm looking to see which offensive lines have stepped up. Alabama's very interesting to look at on the offensive line. You know, last year people forget they struggled about the first four or five games to really run the ball, you know, you lose Evan Neal, who's an absolute monster NFL player. But, you know, again, the way they recruit. And then you look at Georgia, who returns three starters, uh, including a Marius Mim, bringing back those guys on offense. I really think that Georgia is going to be a lot more explosive, not only from a just, you know, talent standpoint, because the receivers will be healthy. But, I, you know, last year, remember, I think it even came on here, guys, and said that, uh, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if you saw Georgia really open up the offense and, tie, and you know with Todd Munkin, but you get those amount of injuries. Stetson Bennett didn't really take a snap in the offseason, and you have a once-in-a-generation defense. They kind of kept it close to the best. I think you are going to see Georgia really open this bad boy up uh, this year offensively, work on their spacing, get in the pass game a little bit more. Uh, so those are a couple things I've been watching.
1: You believe, before we, before we get back to Auburn, you believe Stetson holds down to that job all season long? I know that's something where you know, there's a lot of competition behind him and some highly touted guys. And you know, like you said, he, he hasn't, his grasp on the starting job hasn't been uh, ironclad throughout his career, but he was playing extremely well to end the season and was the MVP of the, of, of the championship game.
8: Yeah, man. I mean, look—you win the national championship as the Georgia quarterback for the first time. You know, it feels like in 300 years you get a fade haircut before the season. Yeah, he ain't losing that job.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think he's. I think he's in pretty good shape right now too. He seemed pretty psyched to be back uh, when we uh, when we saw him up in Atlanta. Speaking of quarterbacks, Jake. Uh, we we've been able to go to practice here in Auburn, uh, Bill and I from the from the first day uh, that they opened things up. It, it you know we were struck by uh, how sharp T.J. Finley appeared and the fact that he, he seemed to be in better condition, but especially how he seemed to be throwing the ball. Again, their drills, but. Uh, we thought he, uh, he, looked, he looked pretty sharp. And then after the scrimmage on Saturday, uh, T.J. Finley singled out uh, for his performance by Brian Harson, first quarterback that Coach Harson mentioned. He also said there was separation uh, between the quarterbacks. Didn't really go into detail as to who was separated from whom, uh, but he, uh, he praised T.J. Finley and the job he did. Are you uh, buying the possibility uh, that T.J. Finley uh, could win this competition?
8: Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be the guy that ends up winning it now. You know, there's a couple things going on, and I always say this on the show. Two things can be true at once. I think we, you know, as as college football fans and as the fanatics we are, whether you've been in the business, whether you're out of the business, sometimes we kind of keep things too narrow. T.J. Finley could could have gotten better, and, and I believe he will, but I don't think there's an elite quarterback this year on Auburn's roster. I'd be willing to bet the best quarterback over the next four years on that roster is named Colton Garrett. And I think his time's coming. I think you could say the same thing about LSU and Walker Howard. But, you know, uh, while T.J. Finley can improve, neither one of them is elite. I'm interested to see how Calzada's gotten over that injury a little bit. I'm not making excuses for him, but that's kind of a different injury. Uh, and But, you know, Auburn really doesn't need – I say this, you know, you always want your quarterback to be elite. You know, you'd love to have Lamar Jackson or Cam Newton, obviously – but Auburn, in the system and the style that they run, doesn't really need a quarterback to be super elite. They need a guy that can go in there, put him in the right position, understand how to make the checks, understand when to call the slide and change the protection, and not turn the ball over. So at the end of the day, this is what it is.
0: And that's exactly what Brian Harson was talking about with the media after the scrimmage. So that's that's what, he liked, what, what he liked, how quickly – uh, TJ saw what was out there, got them into the right place, understood what everybody was going to do. And he said, and yes, accuracy is, is a factor, but it's, it comes after those other things. So I know a lot of people roll their eyes, but, uh, but he's looked pretty good. I mean, he doesn't have the job. They haven't announced anything. But it's also, it's not to the point where Brian Harsin had said he wanted to have a starting quarterback. He said 10 days to two weeks out and that, is, that would be this weekend through the middle of next week,
1: he needs to know who his starting quarterback is. But Bill, you, yeah. you, raised, you raised a point I'd like to ask Jake about. You raised it, I think it was during a commercial break, but it's, it's, and we've talked about it on the air before, but uh, how significant is it, Jake, when you're talking about a quarterback, uh, in the case of TJ, and I guess Zach, too, You've only seen these guys when they've been thrust into action after a starting quarterback got hurt. You've never seen them be the starting quarterback throughout an offseason or even for a big part of an offseason and then get the luxury of being the starting quarterback when the season starts. Could that impact a quarterback's performance, you know, you know the, the fact that we've we've really only seen these guys in emergency situations, and you know, it it, it wouldn't be shocking to see them play a little bit better when, when they've had an off season where, where they're they're really the number one quarterback.
8: No, no, for sure. I mean, look, anytime you're able to get more reps, anytime you're able to build more chemistry, anytime you're able to take time and and you know really get into the offense and and understand all the mechanics of it as it goes against every look. It's definitely going to make you better. You know, when it comes to naming a starter, you need to get, get the guy's name out so the players have somebody to rally around. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you understand, look, it's the competition. I get it. But you need to go in that first game, that, those 10, 12 practices before that first game, saying, all right, first team up. And that first team runs out there, and that quarterback runs out there, and he looks at him. He's like, all right, let's get this thing going. You need that guy. It doesn't need to be musical chairs. Is it going to be this guy? Is it going to be that guy? that's even more of a team thing than it is just a quarterback thing. And you want to make sure you build that chemistry within the game plan that you're running for game one in those early practices. So again, naming a guy is every coach pretty much does it. Very rarely do you see a coach go into the season. Well, you know, we don't really have a starter. Uh, you just look at the guy who's taking the reps. So uh, a lot of it is more about just, just building everything and getting that guy out there and saying, all right, this is our guy. We're going to think, or we're going to float with him, And if we think, we got a good backup. So, again, there's a lot of mechanics that go into it outside of just the actual quarterback.
1: If you had to guess, does the quarterback competition extend into the Mercer game where you see multiple players playing quarterback with the first-team offense, or do you think there's going to be a starting quarterback named and that guy is going to play the lion's share of the game at quarterback against Mercer?
8: Yeah, I think they're going to name T.J. Finley the starting quarterback, and they're going to go into the game with him being the guy. And, and, you know, it's, it's funny talking to somebody within the program, you know, the vibe this year on this team's a lot different. You, you mm-hmm. can just tell. I mean, to be honest with you, I could tell at SEC media days with Brian Harson, just by the way, way he was carrying himself. He understands that. He's a, he's a quarterback. He gets it. So I think they'll name TJ Finley the starter. TJ will go out against Mercer, uh, and, and it'll go from there. But, you know, I, I would be shocked if you saw another quarterback come in game one and play with the one, truly the one. Offensive line, tight end, wide receivers. I'd be very surprised if you saw multiple guys first game.
0: I might not be stunned if I saw Robbie Ashford in a couple of situations. With the
8: ones. Well, again, are we talking about packages?
0: Oh, yeah. I'm talking well, packages. Yeah.
8: Yeah, if we're talking red zone packages and stuff like that, then yeah, but that's no different than a Wildcat. Yeah, you know? my, my right.
1: My but, question was more competition than the packages. I was thinking more could you see Zach and TJ both out there early in the game, you know, being I think, I think you'd be a little more concerned if you did. I, you know, I, I kind of agree, yep. and, I, and I sort of agree too, Jake, that, um, you know, if I had to handicap it right now. I would expect T.J. Finley to be announced as the starting quarterback. Maybe. Oh, uh, so so there's a scrimmage on Friday. Mm-hmm. There is a practice on Saturday. Ooh, and Brian Harson talks to the Brian Harson talks to the media after that. After practice. the media gets to watch the entire practice, how about that, after, Jake? After the media, you know, gets yeah, to go to practice on Saturday.
8: It, it's wild, and we're to the point now, guys, where scrimmages that they're going to stop being. You know, let let's go one versus twos. We're going four. We're going two drives, then put the twos in there. You're going to start getting situational practices. Hey, let's mm-hmm. go through every single special team scenario. Kickoff after safety. Kick return after safety. Blocked extra points. Onside kick. It's going to start kind of slowing down a little bit and not being as much about, hey, let's go out here. Let's let's run our base up. Let's add a few wrinkles. Maybe run a reverse. Now it's time to get game ready. I mean, it's Tuesday, August 16th. You know, I'm not a mathematician, but I know Saturday, you know, the, around the 19th or the 20th, so you're looking at basically two weeks. You can't really afford to go out there and be going, you know, for lack of a better term, balls to the wall in a scrimmage because we're at the point now where you've either shown me or you haven't shown me. There may be a few things. Sometimes you see kicking competitions go late. I don't think you're going to see that with Auburn, especially with the kid hitting the portal. So what? Uh, no, man, it's, uh, it's getting about that time.
0: Uh, no, no question about it, man. Uh, you can feel it from uh, from just about everybody. Even a lot of the folks who went, uh, you know, I don't care about football. So, yeah, the closer it gets, they do. It is, it is fun. Yeah. No, no question about it. Jake, uh, well, well, we got a minute or two. Let everybody know what 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 uh, what you've got coming up. What what all's on tap here uh, in the next few days with uh, Crane and Company.
8: Oh man, well, we got a couple big announcements. I will say, you show me somebody that doesn't say they're excited about football, I'll show you a liar. But, um, you know, man, we're actually moving to the morning starting next week in drive time. We're really excited from 7.30 to 9.00 Eastern, so 6.30 to 8.00 Central. We're at mm-hmm. another 30 minutes, and we're starting a call-in feature as well, uh, so people oh, can call in and ask questions and, and so like that. Now, it's not going to be fine, Bombish. You know, I'm not going to sit here and listen to somebody ramble on about Georgia barking at people, but, uh, you know, it's going to be really fun. We just announced our DraftKings sponsorship. Uh, So we're doing a lot of betting stuff. We're going to have a side betting show, a Sunday recap of all college football and preview at NFL. So, man, it's time. You know, football's here. Uh, We're ready to get it going. You can follow us at Crane Company on Twitter, at C-R-A-I-N Company, spelled as it is. And then we're everywhere, man, from TikTok to YouTube. Go check it out. Uh, We're also doing some great giveaways as well.
0: Great stuff, man. And and looking forward to, uh, to checking out the new time.
8: Yeah, man, I'm excited. You know, I'm going to have a little bit of a uh, uh, longer day on the back end. I'm used to getting up with coaching anyway, so I'm going to be hopping up out of the bed like I'm possessed. To quote the great theologian Drake.
0: Uh, that's that's great. Thanks, Jake, man. Looking forward to it. All right, brother. Appreciate y'all. All right, Jake Crane, Crane and Company, joining us here on the Tuesday Drive, and we'll get to our final break. Still got time to squeeze in a call or two. Come on in and join us here on the Tuesday Drive. <laughs>
3: Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive, with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in, final segment of the Tuesday Drive, and let's
0: get
9: right back to the Kia of Auburn Hotline and Mitch
0: is up next. Hey, Mitch.
9: Hey, guys. um, I sent uh, Peck a uh, text earlier, and I know you guys are both music guys, but uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, we lost uh, the King of Rock and Roll
1: 45 years ago today.
0: Yeah, that's right. You're you're
1: absolutely right. You know, I I was just reading, there's been a, um, I think because of the movie, there's been... Although although there's some people that uh, definitely would... Yeah, allegedly, allegedly we lost the King of Rock and Roll 45 years ago. (laughs) The, the um, uh, the, the, the Tupelo uh, is it? There's a museum and birthplace mm-hmm. yeah. in in Tupelo, and apparently they've had their best summer in a very long time, uh, which they attribute at least partially to the movie and partially to the 45th anniversary coming up. But there's uh, yeah, there seems to be some uh, uh you know, re- reignited interest among younger generations in uh, Elvis Presley, the, uh, the the king of rock and roll. Mitch, you see the movie, did you right? See, did you see Elvis.
9: No, no, no! I have not seen the movie. I saw, I saw a, uh, uh, I guess a, a spot for it on, on my uh satellite. I guess you can dreamy now or something like that. I, would now, say I, been the, to movie I think
1: like the that. music, the musical numbers in Elvis are fun. They really I, are. So that's that's they how are. I would. That's my mm-hmm. review of the movie. Yeah. The, the musical numbers in it are fun. Go to it. Yeah. Some sure. of the some of the not you know some of the more dramatic scenes are you know shrug your shoulders whatever. But the the musical numbers are are fun and the and the, uh, the guy playing Elvis did a. I, I think you know it's a, it's a that's a tough job and he you know he, he did he did as well as okay. could be expected.
9: You know what? I, I've seen some of his movies from the '60s, and I mean, I like some of his—you know—the things he had on the mm. albums and stuff. But some of the songs he had in his movies were really catchy. You don't hear all the time. I like those a lot. And and uh, Bill and I'm, I'm I'm sure. Uh, well, when did he play in Auburn? Because I know I think my mother and father seventy went, made...
0: four, five, seventy. It was uh, yeah. I was an usher.
9: Well, I, you know, I, I figured you were there because you're the music guy. Uh-huh. And well, you know, and it's and it's and,
1: it, and it's sad to admit this. I got but look. March fifth. I got Mar- uh, May fifth, nineteen seventy four, or okay. maybe March fifth, nineteen seventy four.
0: Yeah. I've got. I've got. Uh, yeah, it, it was. It was. It was. I don't know. March remember it was I've got March. March. Yeah. I got
1: March fifth, nineteen
0: seventy four. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean I hate to admit this. Well, there are a couple of reasons. One, I didn't have a lot of extra money at the time. And secondly, I didn't want to spend my money. I didn't want to spend my money going to a concert with a bunch of folks' moms to see the uh the aging and uh not as in good shape Elvis. That's a terrible thing, but it well, that's the way I felt then. It was nineteen seventy four. But I'm glad I went. So... I'm glad I went. Okay. Well, you
9: know that now did did he have the the whole stage and the whole under, entourage behind him you know the band it well it
0: wasn't vegas it, was, it wasn't like it wasn't like the Vegas show uh he had he had a really good band yeah had a really good band it was the tour I, I don't know i don't think the Jordan aires were there but I mean he had, he had a really good band it was it was a good show um <laughs> the, i mean he could he could still man he could still sing there's no question about that
9: okay well now tell me this how how much were tickets if, if you would have had to buy
0: one? uh they were probably probably Ten dollars for the for some of the $10? best seats.
1: That's a lot of money, man. Yeah, that's like a car. You know, back then, <laughs> that's, 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 like, that's like you, bought a, you got to buy a Chevy for for ten bucks back in nineteen seventy four.
9: All right, guys, that's really all I had. All right, Mitch. We'll talk soon. Appreciate Thank you, guys. it.
1: Bye. Yeah. That was, when was that it, was one of my more different concert experiences. When did I I should know this as someone who saw the biopic, but I don't know this. So w- when did he stop like when did it become more of a nostalgia thing and he stopped producing songs that like were were still hits? Was that right around the mid 70s? we We're of, around like, in there. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was like, around there. Because Suspicious Minds is it sort was of early seventies. Yeah, that's yeah. sort of late in the Elvis. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Burning Love is probably also mm-hmm. in that sort of mix, but then at that point it's You now you had in the
0: Ghetto and Suspicious Minds and oh yeah, all those under uh, the review and and,
1: and and then it more becomes about like And then it became yeah American trilogy. Do America? I was gonna get oh, yeah. to do America oh, yeah. Trilogy. Absolutely. Uh, did he do? Did he do Pokes Salad Is that uh, no. sort of our? No, he did No, our... he didn't.
0: And see, you, you, yeah, it's.
1: I I really
0: don't recall Elvis doing that as a much of a big deal. But there it was in the movie. I, it's so no. It's, like, it's
1: be, I guess it became part of his like 70s Vegas show. Yeah, it became, I guess yeah, it was I part guess. of the Vegas show, and and which is weird because it was a it was a new song right when he was. Well, like, Tony Joe White wrote it and did
0: it, and I thought did at least as good a job. Hard to say that he did as good a job as the king, but yeah. Fun show today. Hey, it was a quick one for me. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe tomorrow as well because we, yeah, we, we'll we got another viewing window. And uh, I do I do want to give people a chance to hear that Brian Harson stuff. So oh, we gotta, absolutely. We got to stretch it now. Or number one. Probably not getting called while well tomorrow. Uh, may,
5: get him, may
0: get him by phone for a little while. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe, that. maybe after or before the window. Probably before that I can be on after. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Would, that would work. All right. That's going to do it for the Tuesday edition of The Drive, though. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.